Hi everybody, it's Posty here again with another Super Deluxe Special Edition episode of the Sleep With Me podcast. If you're new to these, I'm not the usual host of the podcast, Scooter. Uh, I'm his friend, Posty Posterson, and usually I'm behind the scenes helping to edit the show. However, once in a while, I'll take a show that's already aired, or is about to air soon, and I'll add some background sounds to it to make it a super deluxe special edition version. Scoots releases these as fun bonus extra shows to everyone who supports the podcast on Patreon. So thanks very much for your support if you're hearing this. If you're looking for the regular show, you can simply skip this episode in your feed. But otherwise, let's hop in to another Super Deluxe. done a few super deluxe episodes in quiet sort of calm places we did uh, an all intros in an art gallery we did another one in a tree house another in cloud tower so for tonight's super deluxe i thought we could go to another quiet calm sort of in-between place and i thought we could get some laundry done while we're at it So sit back, relax, and listen to Scoots tell you a story while hanging out and waiting for your nice warm duvet to come out of the dryer at the Sleep With Me Nap Zone in Laundromat Deluxe. I really hope this can help you all get some rest. You deserve it. And good night. everybody it's scoots here and uh this is a little bit uh, different uh episode here i think uh i'm gonna go, like uh so i've been thinking about you know i'm always in the place of trying to you know personally grow and uh i'm only laughing just because i'm feeling very vulnerable sharing this uh and, and being like okay this is going to be this is an interesting creative constraint you know of trying to put you to sleep 
and tell a story and see where it goes. And, you know, I'm still on the journey. I'm still searching like a lot of us. And sometimes I forget I'm even looking for something, right? And then sometimes I'm reminded, oh, wait, I'm kind of looking for something here. What am I needing? And, I mean, one of my cornerstones are, are the affirmations in Ruth King's book, Mindful of Race. Uh, so if you haven't read that book, uh, it's an amazing book. But in addition to the amazing content, it also has these amazing affirmations in there. And, like, as I've been thinking about that and... Uh, Let's see, where am I going with this? Well, like, because I'm probably going a direction you might not expect. You know when you see someone that has some sort of, like, a little bit more freedom of their emotions, but, but not freewheeling in their emotions or their feelings, and an ability to really have, uh, like, a, like a clearer boundaries, but also, like, a deep-seated confidence, uh, and this, for some reason, I was just, I've been thinking about this in different ways over the past, a lot of times when I'm walking the dog and, and just thinking about, uh, boundaries, not just like, uh, I don't know. And saying, huh, like, uh, there's a part of me that I'm trying to reestablish a connection with that doesn't trust me. I'll be honest with you. Uh, and it's like a, you know, more childish, childlike part of me. And saying, hey, I think you can trust me. I'm trying here to, to, um, to take care of you and make good choices and keep you safe and tr- have some more trust and hope in the world. And to draw that, that kid out and say, it's okay, I'm here to soothe you. I'm here to see you. And I'm here to walk with you in the world. But that kid says, well, sometimes you don't follow through on... Are you going to follow through on this, uh, uh, Drew? And uh, Scoots, <laughs> this is more true. But but, uh, but what's interesting is... So I said, yeah, but I don't... Like, I said, what do you really need? And I said, well, I want to feel a little bit more confident in the world. And then I said, well, what kind of person... Or what kind of confidence are you looking for? Like, like particularly with these harder to, to to put. I said I can I can feel how you're feeling, and I see some of that vulnerability, and some of those f- physical and, and emotional feelings that might be harder to put words to. So, what is it you're looking for? Can you give me? And I don't, I know it might be hard to put into words. Can you get? Can you describe it to me or give me an essence of it? And this is a process, so maybe that I did that, and then it bubbled back up. Uh, but I kept coming back to it. I said, well, what, what do you need? Like, how can I provide it? it, it like, or how can I better understand? Uh, I mean, I know what you need, but I don't know how to, like, uh, there's the idea of faking it till you make it. But it's kind of hard when you're faking something till you make it that you don't know what it is, right? And then it came to me, and... Uh, came very clearly and probably one of the most misquoted scenes for by me from a movie because I'm going to misquote it now because then every time I go to rewatch it I'm like oh that's not how it happened in my mind and also a movie I've been trying to get my daughter to watch maybe the extended version I've only watched one and a half movies of the whatever extended versions of the Lord of the Rings of Fellowship like a Lord of the Rings trilogy 
and I know, like, I want to watch it before the series starts or the movie, the next round of movies start, or before, you know, uh, like, I don't know. Here's the thing. Is Timmy C. going to be in those movies or those things? Like, I don't know any of the casting, but I say, wait a second. Could we get, is there a chance of that? But uh, I said, okay, so there is a scene in the first movie. Lord of the, there's Fellowship of the Rings, the Two Towers, and uh, the, the final, no, Desolation of Smog's uh, one of the Hobbit movies. Return of the King is the last one. Thank you. And if you're familiar with these movies or probably memes, and it, it's hard for me, I said, wait, those movies come out in the 90s? But probably came out in the aughts, I'm guessing. But so there's there's a character in there. Well, let's let's not get it. Well, yeah, there's a character in there called Gandalf. Gan- in the first movie, it's called his his name is Gandalf the Grey. And Gandalf the Grey has been made various multiple appearances in my life uh, throughout my existence. So. I'm uh, not exa- I know I've read The Hobbit first because I can picture The Hobbit like because even what's interesting, well, I think this kind of, like I can picture one a version of The Hobbit in my hand as a child, and actually, it seems like the cover that they're st- they've been using for a long time of a, a mass market paperback, and then. I, I read. I probably when I tried to read Lord of the Rings and it didn't quite. Uh, it was dense, you know. It was probably beyond my ability. But you know, I read it, and you know, some of my friends read it. This was kind of in, when we were on our fantasy kick, and there was also like animated film or miniseries, and I know we watched that. Me and my friends. There was also a game. I don't know if it was on my friend Charlie had it, whose house we would go at to play computer games, or and video games. Actually, actually, now I'm thinking about it, but uh, he uh, had this game, but it was very. I think it was more of a strategy game because you can remember every time we tried to play it, uh, uh, like we couldn't figure it out, and it involved a lot of maps, and then occasionally there'd be like this. Uh, side-scrolling sequence with the, the companions. Is that what they're called? The, the Fellowship of the Ring and the companions, I think, maybe. I, I, no, no, the companions are from Dragonlance. But so, of them side-scrolling, and then you'd go somewhere. So I don't know the video game other than... Uh, I think I may even tried to play it on an emulator. Maybe I'll try it later today. Uh, to play it so that was one thing then later in life and I can picture exactly where I was I don't know what job I had so I remember getting curious about the Fellowship of the Rings again and I think it was one of those synchronicity things where I was like getting curious about rereading it I was doing a lot of reading because I had delivery jobs and so like uh, when you do a delivery job you never know like if you're going to be running early or the person is running late or whatever, you, you need a, having a paperback was always a big plus. 
So I remember picking up at a like a Goodwill or a rescue mission, like a like a thrift store type place, because I can picture myself in there. I want to say it was in Syracuse, New York, but, but uh, like I wasn't living in Syracuse, but maybe that's just because that's where the archetypal thrift store is in my mind. Because I think I also tried on some clothes, or maybe the books were by a dressing room. But I'm guessing it was probably when I was like out on a delivery and I saw a Goodwill. I said, hey, let me pop in there. I don't think it was a Goodwill because it was a very high ceilings. Though, I don't know, some of the newer Goodwills that are in like like uh, old big box stores are like that. But this was years ago. But this was before the movies came out as they were in production. So at some point I picked up A Fellowship of the Ring or The Fellowship of the Ring, whatever the first book is called and reread it and again got swept up in that world again and then read the other two books then saw the movies uh, as they were released then probably rewatched the movie movies at least once and then whenever the extended versions came out I bought those but I haven't only made it halfway through the two towers uh, just because I want to watch it with my daughter but so at some point, so during the movie, so this is during the fi- film, uh, and I believe it's Ian McKellen, right? Who plays Gandalf the Grey in the first movie. Now this is a deviation from the books, but yeah, Gandalf is a character. Also appears in The Hobbit, the book, but also the Hobbit films, which are much different than the book. And we're talking about the Lord of the Rings movies, uh... So, okay, so in the first movie, there's a bunch of stuff happening. And this was a pretty hyped scene as far as, like, as a build-up to the movie release came out. Because they said this is a... So this was the beginning of the aughts. Uh, They said, oh boy, there's this one scene at the end of the movie with the CGI character. And it's, you know, like, uh, groundbreaking and all that. And that character's name was the Barlog... and I don't know a lot about the mythology of the Barlog, uh, and I probably should d- dig deep into it more. But it's a, but part of a sequence where they're going through the mines of Moria. I think that's what they... They're, they're trying to take a shortcut. In case you're unfamiliar, I'll try to give you a version without spoiling it too much. But uh, there's like... The, like a <laughs> how to do a shortcut... Uh, so you have the, the, the Fellowship of the Ring, right? Their job is to get this ring uh, to Mount Mount Doom, I think, and, and get, throw it in the lava, keep it from Lord Saur- Sauron, uh, which you shouldn't get mixed up with Saruman, which, of course, I always do, and then, like, do that. But the ring tempts everybody. But anyway, they're out on this thing, and, of course, Sauron's trying to catch them to get the ring. And so they end up stuck, and they got to go... They got to go cut through this mountain because it's the most... All the... You know, they're having trouble, like... uh, These mines, which go through this mountain. And the mines have been shut down for a while... And they like, uh, you know, there's trouble in the mines. Uh, they have like, one level of trouble. Then they uh, try to get out of there. 
and Gandalf's already warned him, like, oh boy, like, sleeping deep in this mountain is uh, stuff we don't want to wake up. But they wake it up, this Barlog. And a Barlog is like a, bar- from a, like a Barlog, you've seen a Barlog before, or a version of it in big boss battles. Probably, some games, probably close to the ultimate big boss battle. And now that I'm talking this out, I'm glad we are, because... Uh, we got a lot of powerful themes here that uh, like reflected this little kid I was talking to because they say, well, hey, I'm looking for something. So you have like in this part, uh, I'm thinking I'm picking it more apart for the archetypal stuff, not the plot stuff. Uh, you got like a different levels of uh, uh, stuff that would be a concern to the, uh, the, the if we're project if we're doing some project exterior projection and you know whatever let's just say scoots is made up of all these different parts or all of us if you want to project yourself of the the, the companions the fellowship of the ring and maybe that'd be another maybe that could be something else we could go through instead uh but so this one, this time we're, tr- we're looking at this Gandalf and maybe as the episode goes on, we'll look at these other ones. But if you're looking, okay, what are they worried about? Well, one, they got to get through the, like they have their mission, which they're just at the beginning of, uh, and they got to get this ring across the entire country. Oh, also I just downloaded this app. Uh, talk about sleep with me tangent. I don't know where I saw it, but it's like an app where you could walk, uh, like if you're into walking or running, I think it just tracks your running or walking, but you could eventually walk uh, Frodo and Sam's entire journey and uh, uh, I'll, try to, I'll try to remember to put a link to it in there. Okay, but so... So, okay, so at this particular part of the movie, you have your overall long-term goals, right? You have your midterm goal, which is just to get through uh, this uh, mine so you can get through the mountain onto the next stage of your journey. Now, luckily for them, spoiler, they do get a rest a little bit after this, some respite. I think, but I always get stuff. Maybe they don't. Maybe, maybe the, this isn't where they get the rest, but uh, maybe it's in a couple more scenes. Uh, so, but so, okay. So, where are we? So, so okay. So, we have the long-term goal, the medium-term goal, and then the short-term goal is just to get, like, across this one bridge. And meanwhile, the bar log is coming, right? Uh and they're all trying to get across the bridge. Also, uh, they're dealing with other antagonists, like smaller scale ones. All this to say, after whatever, 15 minutes, is uh, so they're all doing that. It's going. It's not going perfect. The bridge is starting to uh, teeter-totter. And, uh, you know, you say, like just like in a good movie, you say, oh boy, are they gonna, is everyone going to make it? Are they going to make it? And that that's before that's like then the bar log comes and and then they say whoa if it couldn't have got worse it just did. And we learn that this bar log is the biggest boss boss battle, actually, one of the biggest ones in the whole uh, sequence of films, as far as uh, 
capability and size. And so what happens is uh, the Barlog is chasing them and Gandalf is this old wizard, right? Or older wizard, wise. Uh, but Gandalf also, some of the things I like about Gandalf and especially Ian McKellen's portrayal of Gandalf, but I think even in the books from what I mem- remember, is while Gandalf is kind of reserved, one, he's looked upon as a leader, right? Uh, in, in, but in a sense of like, not like uh, this perfect leader or a leader of an organization, but he's like a f- figure people look forward to visiting. And he is, uh, I'd have to remember like seeing him cry, but he is quick. He does have a temper, but a, a healthy temper. And I think that's really important for me. And he also ha- like, so he has the ability to express those feelings and like also takes people to task for not following through on stuff and, and has the ability to, to take a strong position without worrying about what other people think of him. Gandalf is also quick to laughter and joy and has fun. I think back in the day, I used to like look at, also enjoy that, like Gandalf liked to smoke and drink, but uh, let's just look at it more symbolically that he is a joyous uh, person that has fun. And so, so those are things, especially when you think about like models for behavior. Now, you say, Scoots, didn't you model your behavior after like uh, sitcom characters like Kirk Cameron's character in Growing Pains? And I'd say, yeah, yeah, this is a mistake. This is a road we've been down before. You're right. As uh, I did uh, see Kirk Cameron's character, which uh, growing pains. Uh, I don't even know what his character on the show is called. Mike Seaver, I think, or Zach, uh, whatever from Saved by the Bell, could be another example. Uh, I don't think Tony Maselli from Who's the Boss. There's probably other ones, uh, but I see. Yeah, I've been led. I've been misled by sitcom. This is a film, though, so and based on underlying literary material. So isn't it more okay for me to find a healthy role? Oh, well, let's just think about it then. Okay, so all that aside, if we're just having fun, so, so what I'm leading towards is that. There's this one sequence where Gandalf uh, says uh, he's standing on this bridge. Uh, Frodo Baggins, uh, the ring bearer, is that what he's called? The holder of the ring bearer. I I don't know if that's what he's officially called, but he's like the one in charge of the ring. The the real hero who has the toughest task... Though I would say, oh, well, I guess we'd get into those things. So, okay, so Gandalf says, so he says, Frodo, keep moving. Don't worry about me. And then Gandalf says to the Barlog, uh, you shall not pass. I think that's incorrect, though. I think he says, you will, like he said, I always think you shall not pass. Uh, but he probably says something else. And I can remember watching on DVD at a party or something and we kept rewatching it again and everybody was yelling it and dancing around 
Probably we were rewatching it before we saw the second movie. And he, he puts his sta staff down and it makes a bridge fall and he falls. Well, first it seems like, well, I don't want to spoil it, but, but I will spoil it. Well, I have to spoil it, I guess. Uh, I won't spoil the specifics. I mean, this movie came out in like 2003 or 2002 or 2000 or something. So, so well, yeah, let's just say, so Gandalf unexpectedly saves the day. I think what he thought was he was doing a self-sacrifice, and then he thought he would get out of the self-sacrifice. But then the Barlog says, oh, no, you didn't. And uh, and uh, he, he gets Gandalf, takes Gandalf along for a ride. But I think having that, what I'm in search of is that uh, fierceness. That's the word I've been looking for that I haven't been able to find. Uh, and I just found it here. We found it together. Is uh, this fierce defender uh, named Gandalf. Like, Gandalf, I guess I'm talking to you directly. And all the people that created Gandalf and the versions of Gandalf is thank you for your fierceness. Uh, because I would like to figure out how to find that healthy fierceness uh, inside of me that says you won't pass. Uh, but not so much that says that, because I do have to let a lot more pass. Like, uh, like through that one last uh, stretch of the bridge, right? Because... Sometimes I say you shall not pass, but it's like way back before we got into the mine, and we would have never got into the mine if uh, my part of me that doesn't feel fierce, it just feels more defensive. It says, "Well, let's not pass. Let's not pass at all, but definitely don't let them pass even close to us." But if I knew I had someone in, inside me, which I'm assuming I do somewhere, that's why I'm talking about this to try to. Uh, like let it come out is uh, to say you shall not pass oh boy so that the Frodo in me even though in the movie it's a little bit different so again this is projection sorry Gandalf I'm double projecting uh, like that uh, um, like so that the Frodo in me or Sam Ganji or whatever says oh boy okay and I realize if you're a Lord of the Rings super fan, I might be, uh, this might not be the episode for you. But I, I don't know, Gandalf, I appreciate that fact. So if there is, if, if I could find, if I could talk to the little Andy inside me and say, hey, there, I think there is this Gandalf in there that would, would be fierce in your defense and say, hey, no, 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 not passing by here. You can get close, but you're not passing here. Uh, just knowing that was available to you. Because he, it was a, a holistic fierceness, right? Or, or am I just... Uh, that's how I feel about it. Is uh, It wasn't even, as we'll find out, uh, one-sided or based in some sort of right or wrong or all or nothing... It was just saying, you're not coming this way. I can't let you come this way because I'm here to defend the ring bearer and protect, you know, that mission, which for me, it's like about protecting little Andy, right? And giving little Andy a safe place to exist. Uh, 
but not overly, not impossibly safe, right? So that's one thing I appreciate about it, you Gandalf, and that I hope I can access more of. Then the other thing I appreciate is that you showed us, uh, you know, and again, I don't know, have any idea what of this occurred in the book? Uh, but there's like this transformative nature that you go on between the two movies and at the start of the second film, or at some point in the second film. And my imagination and what really happened are two different things, or my memory. But so my impression is that you and the Barlog went on a journey. I think you like fell to like the center of the earth or something. And then you went back and forth, possibly for thousands of years in a place beyond time. And eventually, like maybe this again may be all made up so I apologize to everybody that's a fan of this stuff but that you like uh, relented in some sense and then like the Barlog I don't like think that you necessarily defeated the Barlog but you won through like non-resistance right uh, and maybe again that's but that there was something transformative about your relationship with the Barlog beyond just uh, a fight for one victor. But maybe not, because I haven't, uh, like, we rewatched that part of the film in at least a couple of years. And, but then that transformed you from Gandalf the Grey into the White Wizard. Which, again, the movie, I don't believe... Maybe there's exposition or, or stuff that I'm missing out on. And when I first saw the movie, the first two times I saw every film, I was definitely under the influence. So my memory is... And then maybe I was under the influence of my phone the last time I watched it. But like I said, I only watched half of the second movie. But that's where you make your transformation. But I don't know if it's necessarily explained, right? And then when do you have to... Wait, wait a second. But then you also have to go up to the tower. But that's when you're... Are you Gandalf the Grey in that part? Or is that when you become the White Wizard? Forgot about that part of the film, too. But I think you're... But whatever. You, you, you become... You transcend into some other uh, version of yourself... Uh, a little bit less grounded on Earth and more ethereal and more powerful, but still wanting to be involved in Earth's events. But you definitely have a more serene uh, deal. So, so you're a little bit let your humanity, like your temper and your 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 mirth and your humor, I think, are a little bit dialed down. Though you still have some amusement, you have a different kind of confidence. Uh, because you've been to the world beyond. So that might be helpful too for me. But also an example of like, uh, like saying you shall not pass does not mean that, uh, like it's a, it never becomes an all or nothing situation, right? To say, hey, well, uh, like, can I also be curious about whatever, like, like, uh, and say, well, could this transform? Like, this again, I've never done any martial arts. I would be interested one day if I ever had, you know, a d- d- double version of me, because that is like that, like uh, what people talk about, like redirecting the energy in different martial arts. 
So Gandalf, I could, if I could call on you, whether it's deep within me or some version of you in the archetypal universe or the energy out there, to, to help me find that within me, that ability to say with fierce confidence, you shall not pass, uh, to give some sort of soothing and confidence to not just me, but for the other listeners out there. I think this is something a lot of us need as human beings. And sometimes it might just be what we're bringing in. Uh, this to say like, hey, this shall not pass. Uh, let me move my. Let me uh, acknowledge and see my thoughts, and then uh, redirect them or put myself back in the present moment, which Gandalf seems to inhabit. So there's that. While I'm uh, asking for favors, though, like uh, next up, uh, like a uh, Sam, I'd like to send you. Uh, uh, a bit of a, a bit, bit of a, you know, projection request. So, first of all, proud, I think Sam Ganji is the name. And I think this is, like, thinking about the books, maybe I read the books twice in a row, but I'm not sure, uh, um, so I'm not positive. So, but, the, like, uh, Sam worked for Frodo at first, maybe, and, but was also Frodo's best friend. I always felt like there was other elements of their friendship. Uh, like, uh, like even when I read the books, I said, wait a second, is this like, uh, how, where is Sam at? You know, like, uh, like he loves Frodo unconditionally, uh, I think we could safely say. And I think that's portrayed in the books and the movies uh, pretty well. And... But, like, one thing is, holy cow, like, Sam has... Now, Sam's not patient with everybody, so with Smeagol, you're definitely... Sam does not necessarily have a lot of patience or open-mindedness. And some of that behavior, I'd say, Sam, okay. But uh, so, but we're not going to... You know, nobody's perfect, right? Sam Sam be the first to admit it. None of us are perfect, uh, Mr. Scooter. Uh, but uh, uh, so one thing, Sam, I really appreciate is your patience. Holy cow. And it's a kind of a different kind of patience than the one that gets glorified on most Hollywood. Oh, wait, nobody. <laughs> patience really doesn't get uh, the promotion it deserves. But uh, particularly when I think about the patience, because uh, you, your patience is grounded in this... Uh, like a unconditional love or loyalty, some might call it, to both Frodo and uh, the the overall Frodo's overall mission, and also to the task at hand. I mean, that was like so much walking and so much, and then putting up with so much stuff. Even like. Uh, you're not e- you weren't easy to deal with Sam, but neither was Frodo or Smeagol, right? So I would say that I, I definitely could use your patience, Sam. And a patience that's more grounded in well, what do I have to do to be of service here and keep things moving forward? If I could ask you for that patience. This kind of feels well, yeah, no, I, I mean I need that really. 
And for the time being, I'm really going to use this. You know, sometimes people wonder, am I making this stuff up? Or, uh, but it's like, I'd like to, to kind of find that visual. And I mean, I guess for the time being, until the show comes out, it will be the characters from the movies because they kind of dominate my imagination now. But to find that Sam Ganji level patience and say, okay, let's keep it calm here. What are we supposed to be doing? I know we don't want to go on this journey. And oh boy, you're right. Does it never seem ending? And we got to deal with the Smeagol and Frodo's irritable. Uh, well, okay, what do we need? I still got to, you know, we got to cook. We got to prepare things. We got to clean up. Uh, got to keep an eye on stuff. And also a wariness. Uh, I would say that, you know, maybe you could have used Gandalf's help in uh, helping your temper and your protectiveness. And maybe having Gandalf there obviously would have put Sam a little bit more at ease. But, uh, like, you were doing, you did a great job, and you kept things going, even in difficult times. So, uh, Sam, if I could really channel that for you. Um, now let's see, some of the other characters, uh, uh, let's see. So we have, uh. Uh, the, the elf uh, Orlando Bloom uh, Legolas uh, now Legolas uh, I don't know I mean, he definitely had an ease uh, but you had a good time too like a very physical fluid good time and uh, so I don't know I, get, I mean I, I wish I could have your ease about the world and your fluidness overall but uh, I think especially your playful ease with others, and uh, your your just your just ability to move about the world. Like I, I guess like uh, what do they say? Wear the world like a loose garment. Uh, I don't know if the elves have a saying like that, uh, but you seem to have that. And obviously, like I mean, I guess this is tropey, but you know, elves love nature and and all, all those kind of things. But you seem to also love uh, another, like you had a good idea of like right and wrong, but I guess in more of the shades, right, of a not an all or nothing right or wrong. But you were aware of uh, Strider and like and Frodo's mission. You're pretty dedicated, I guess, to the to to what you view as uh, the mission. And I think the most important thing I could take from you now that I'm talking it out is not just that wearing it like a loose garment, but the ability that gives you to creatively problem solve. I don't know, like snowboarding on a shield or, uh, you know, jumping on shoulders of uh, big things. So I would also like that uh, from you if I could possibly access that. Uh, and especially, like, also when I'm driving or in crowds, I say, well, how could I be like Legolas in this situation? And just uh, kind of uh, smoothly uh, roll through it. That would be, that'd be handy, right? 
Okay, so next up is uh, Gimli, right? Is the the dwarf, uh, and is that, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm G- Gimli. I think that's it. And you're very curmudgeon, curmudgeonly, uh, and skeptical. So I I can definitely identify with those things, and you know tend to express your displeasure. Uh, but you don't let it slow you down, right? You don't seem to fixate. Well, you do fixate on it a little bit. Uh, and maybe I guess I got to view it like uh, to let you do that, right? Uh, to have you along is important. And to say, oh, okay, go ahead. Like, uh, you could, yeah, go ahead and express you. You're still, you're still committed to the mission. You were there, you know, along the whole way. And... Uh, like uh, it's a bit of bluster, right? Uh, what you're doing when you're correcting me, because I, I definitely got you already. Or when you're kind of saying, "Oh boy, this is you know," or "That's not how you do it," or "What? That's not a good idea," or you know, "I prefer I, w- I don't want that for dinner." All those things that you say. You're, it, it, it's stuff you're just letting out. Like, you don't really have that much of a filter, but that doesn't mean you're standing in the way. You just got to express yourself, right? That's maybe just how you do it. And so if you could help me remember that, that would be huge help, is that uh, they say, okay, well, I don't have to. Um, like, I, I could... I can trust you, right? I guess for me, a lot of times when I feel that part of me that's similar to you expressing itself, I feel a little bit threatened. And maybe it's just like Gandalf saying, don't worry, he's on for, this is a trustworthy companion. You know, we didn't, you know, get Gimli in the fellowship. Gimli's not best friends with uh, Legolas by mistake, uh, he, he's along here because he's he's a reliable, essential, trusted ally. And yeah, sometimes tr- not every trusted ally expresses themselves. It's going to make you in a way that's going to make you comfortable all the time. But remember, uh, we're all heading in the same direction here together. We're all trying to get Frodo to the ring, to the Mount Doom. So, okay, so that's definitely important. So, uh, okay, so that's Gimli. Now, Boromir, uh, I mean, I guess I can mix up because I say, holy, like, uh, now we're getting into the Game of Thrones, right? But I think Boromir, I think for me, it is about uh, kind of expanding that idea of, uh, like, uh, Sometimes people make bad choices for the right, wrong choices and for the, what they think is the right reason, or they get carried away, and uh, their judgment gets clouded, and they make a, a, a bad mistake, and uh, that happens. And we gotta say, hey, uh, you're because you, you're kind of like an idealist, right? Uh, I mean, your idealist might not be the same that I have or that some of the other fellowship had. But uh, it is an ideal that you're striving towards, towards solving things, right? In your mind, you had a, an ideal. 
and also that it's okay that some of that and some of those choices came from a vulnerable place uh, a place you say well you know this is like uh, of maybe disease uh, you say okay well yeah it's okay it's okay you know I'm sure you think even maybe, maybe someone said that to you hey it's okay and you also have the ability to change your choices or make a new choice moving forward. And, and uh, but to remember, yeah, that's. Uh, but also to remember, not to hold on to those ide- like like your idealism. Also, to, to balance the the fellowship, right? Uh, I guess I have to remember that to not overly identify. Uh, to say, well, is Bormir here getting a little too, like, uh, one note to say, no, this has got to be, this is the only way to solve this. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm seeing the right way to do this, and I'm going to have to take total control instead of saying, well, what's out of our control? Is there a way we can have your idealism, Bormir? But also say, you know, like in the serenity prayer, uh, they say, uh, uh, grant me the power to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, Maybe you're the person that says, uh, would be best served reminding me to say that or to pause. which I guess leads into the next thing, which is uh, the uh, Strider or Aragorn, Ar- Ar- Aragorn uh, or Aragorn. I, I always say Aragorn, 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 uh, who also has a lot of uh, quiet confidence, uh, competence. But you, I think, do represent that bridge uh, that Boromir couldn't walk across. uh, And you also have this confidence, holy cow. But to say, yeah, that might be out of our control. Let me see what we can do here. Oh boy, this is frustrating. How are we going to fix this and figure it out? and keep things moving or what else can I do also you have the ability to build alliances and go between other worlds uh, because of your kind of friendly confidence but also you have a little bit of Gandalf in there right like you have some you you have uh, how you see things and uh, your limits but you do that, you have a friendliness that allows you to be, you know, say, hey, I get along with the elves. Uh, get along with these humans over here. I could get along with these humans over here. I can see something's not right, and I'm going to be more curious about it. I'm going to feel, you know, feelings uh, when I, when it's appropriate for me to feel, you know, they come up. But I'm also going to do, you know, do the job. But I'm going to treat people with dignity and respect and friendly dignity and respect. And you got that kind of half smile on your face uh, that I think is necessary. So I think for you, I have to ask, uh, 
for your friendliness most of all. And that half smile. You say, yeah, you can, let's move, it's good to move between these worlds and to be friendly between these worlds and say, hey, yeah, yeah, how can I build an alliance? Uh, like what you're doing here. Or, oh, I'm not so sure about this. Or isn't this a lovely thing the elves do? Uh, so hopefully you could guide me with that. Uh, I could look to you and just look at that look on your face and say, well, Strider was calm. And, uh, you, you know, you, 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 so there's that. Uh, and then we get to Frodo. Uh, whoops, I, I forgot Mary and Pippin. So, uh, Mary and Pippin, sorry about that. Uh, you are very necessary characters. Uh, and uh, really, like, you, so, huh. I guess if you two... Really, you are necessary. I forgot, I totally forgot about you, but I do need your spirit, not just of, of curiosity, joyous curiosity about the world. Without that, the adventure wouldn't have moved forward, right? And you move the story forward because of your joyous curiosity. And then what you learned through your joy, joyous curiosity through other characters in the films... Uh, you absorbed those skills and you did change uh, and you did change events and actually lead events so that is something I need holy cow even to deal with all this other fellowship of the scoot the fellowship of the scoots is your joyous curiosity so help me find that on a regular basis I have to stay curious and uh, curiosity based in joy or uh, empathy and compassion. Maybe that's where Strider's uh, bridge is there. But you two, you, you're like, uh, hey, let, let, what is it? You, you, if you came into my world and somebody was selling mud pies, you'd probably eat one because you say mud pie. I love pies. Uh, spice, is it like a spice cake? No, it's a mud pie. It's a pie made of mud. Okay, I'll have one then. Uh, you know, I'm sure you're kind. Of, uh, I'm sure a hobbit's constitution's different anyway. So, and you went along for the ride because you were curious, right? Uh, or you got to ride on Treebeard, who uh, you know I look up to so much. Also, uh, you know, Bar I don't know if anybody knows about Barky, the one, the tree god. Uh, my belief system. But Mary and Pippin, I almost forgot. Like, I wasn't staying curious, right? Uh, and that's an important thing. And then finally, Frodo. Uh, Frodo, uh, holy cow. Uh, you, you, you teach me so much. You hold up the light to imperfection, to moodiness, but to go into the end of the line... To, to, to endurance and resilience. Uh, I guess most of all, if we were looking for a buzzword for you, it'd be resilience and real resilience because, uh, you know, this faux resilience uh, that uh, sometimes some part of me says, fake it till you make it. You know, you 
like it wasn't like you just said, well, it's A, trials are like, oh, I deal with A, then I get to B, then I overcome B, then I go to C. Oh, no, no. You did over more than one time go into that dark night of the soul, as they say, or the cave without lights, and felt hopeless, you know, felt a normal feeling that someone would feel there. And still never forgot uh, what needed to be done. And still was willing to take it to the end of the line. Also, sometimes you were nice when you could have been, even though sometimes you were grouchy and sometimes it was the ring. And sometimes you didn't think you could go on. I mean, that's when Sam was there or uh, 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 Smeagol, uh, Gollum, or as a reminder for you. But, uh, you know, you really, uh, yeah, resilience, endurance, but not forgetting that you're, I mean, I guess for me, because I got to watch, you know, I get to project, uh, to say, hey, like, uh, think of all the times Frodo uh, wasn't perfect, uh, but Frodo remembered, uh, and that Frodo didn't want to do it, right? You did it even when you didn't want to do it uh, at all understandably too no one could uh and you didn't really so much have a choice uh you said well and in that sense that's important to remember is like uh uh an, an acceptance of that fact uh and sometimes you're not going to want to you're not going to want to you're going to feel some resentment or, or some resistance to that but for most of the time you say well Got to take this ring to Mount Doom or wherever, whatever Scoots forgot. Throw it in the lava, place of its forging. And maybe the movie you think it will end multiple times, but it has more than one ending because uh, that way, you get, like, uh, so, uh, like, that's one thing Scoots, <laughs> like, uh, thought the first time he saw it, I guess, that he's still uh, thinking about. Just like Frodo, though. I said, well... But I still got to get to this end of this episode. And so starts with Gandalf and it ends with Frodo. But I need all of you. I need all your help. Uh, but mostly it's about accepting all those parts of us, right? That we're all one fellow. You know, we're all a fellowship. At least most of us uh, got a lot of these things in us that are walking. Where are they going uh, Maybe we don't have as clear a destination as Frodo does. Uh, but we have all these skill sets we could say, oh, okay, well, can I be joyously curious about this? Uh, can I take that next step with with Sam, with knowing Sam's there to care for me? And uh, knowing neither one of us wants to do it today, but uh, we know, or Sam said, come on, Mr. Scooter, let's get up and... Uh, Whatever, clean that plate, whatever it is. So hopefully all your hobbit friends or uh, whichever of the Fellowship of the Rings you'd feel most comfortable tucking you in. Be nice. Well, I, I, I can't imagine, no offense, Gandalf. Like at first I was like, well, your robe would be pretty comfortable, but I bet it was strongly scented because you you know before you became the white wizard you definitely needed some some shampoo so a freshly laundered uh, laundered robe of Gandalf's a spice cake 
And I mean, tonight we bed down in a hobbit house, uh, warm and cozy and rest. Uh, and one day, I guess we'll see this show when it comes out. Uh, and probably we'll see if it's Timmy C or anybody who else is cast in this. I have no idea. Uh, good night.